0: And welcome to the Department of Metal Antiquities,
1: where we remember what everyone else has forgotten.
0: As always, it is Nick Cameron, also of Glacial Musical. I am joined by my good friend Duncan Evans, the musical malevolent sprite from Leeds. I don't know.
1: Uh, sorry, I was muted then and I was talking into nothing, but um, mm. yeah, I like your um, very long, uh, long, long words, long drawn out word there. But um, yeah, I don't know if you've asked me a question or not, but uh, how are you doing, Nick?
0: I am good. Thank you. Uh, my wife is out of town this weekend, so the kiddo and I are having a blast. We went to every record store we could think of yesterday. Didn't buy nice. much, but we went to the mall and did a lot of flipping, found some talking heads, found some cars and bought neither. But uh, I hear that
1: you found one of your favorite albums that we've ever covered, Nick, um, Ministries uh, with Sympathy.
0: You know, I have found with Sympathy multiple times now, both on repress and original pressing. I have bought neither of them. I also came across the repressing on Coke bottle vinyl of David Coverdale, White Snake. And I couldn't remember what we thought about that one so probably
1: I can't quite remember either I think I think it might have been I've got a feeling it was okay but had some incongruous piano but yeah, I, could be wrong. I I
0: did find a new subject for this for later I haven't told you about it. it's the they're called the butts band and okay now you're probably thinking why in the world did i pick up anything called butts band because there was a note in there that it's done it's got robbie krieger and john densmore of the doors and it's just like this mid-70s rock they're new singer new bass player no keyboard and i haven't listened to it yet so i don't know if it's any good but we'll we'll find out as time goes on Get it on the list then uh, yeah we could uh we could uh jibber jabber all week real quick you got anything coming up you need to talk about music wise
1: me, um, I've got a gig show um, in Leeds, uh, UK on the Saturday, the 4th of February, which is also near my birthday. Um, so, yeah, if anyone's around that's with the full band, Duncan Evans and the Weeping Starlight. And we've also got Miranda Arie, it's a co-headline show, so she's doing a solo set as well. Um, kind of dark alternative pop, I guess. I don't know if it's that dark, actually, but alternative pop, a bit dark. Um, so that's, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's at the Seven Arts Centre in Leeds. If anyone's around and feels like coming down, uh, then see you there um yeah that's it for now recording doing lots of album related stuff we're not recording quite yet but that's all in the pipeline we're writing and we are rehearsing the songs I'm writing lyrics and then rewriting lyrics and then scrapping the whole lot and rewriting them again and all that fun stuff but it's it's all getting it's all going well it's the it's that creative time where everything's new and exciting and you know as each little development happens you uh you get more and more excited about how it's going to be. So, uh, well, yeah, very it's cool. cool. Keep
0: us posted on the on the progress of the album and all that kind of good stuff. Obviously, I will not be attending the show next uh, next month.
1: What do you mean? You're not going to go across the Pacific Ocean for just for my show, Nick? I can't believe this. Believe you know. me,
0: I would love to tour the states, and I'll I'll go three states away. But that yeah, uh, I was actually trying to explain to the child yesterday because we were talking about you, and I don't remember why, but. I was trying to explain to her how much bigger America is than, than England.
1: Yeah, was, we're like one state sized Basically, yeah,
0: basically, you're the size of the state we're in, because I can get to any point in the state within less than four hours.
1: From yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty much like that. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And then I explained
0: uh, to her the UK or England... Great Britain has, what, 50 million people? And then there's 20 million uh, in the It's about
1: seven, 70. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the UK has, like, about 70 million, yeah.
0: Right. So I explained to her, imagine 50 million people living in Missouri. And she just and looked how, at me like, what? That's an how many do
1: live in Missouri? Like, eight. Okay. Not eight people, eight million, I'm guessing. Eight million, yeah. <laughs> so
0: we have three million in the St. Louis area. We've got, uh, I think, two and a half million in the Kansas City area. And then all the, the middle bits
1: yeah you've got a lot of space over there we uh well, we, we it, don't have yes. quite once so much you, space
0: once you get to the midwest it's open open spaces but um instead of us prattling along talking about nothing let's bring in a guest today we have gabriel who is also known as anti beast who an industrial musician and we are thankful that he has taken some time to join us welcome to the show gabriel
2: hello thank you for having me
0: it, I guess I should say friend of the show, because you used to do Instagram lives with me before this was a thing.
2: I did, yeah, and we drank some beer and talked about music and all I'm that. not
0: drinking any beer now. My my, my my camera's off, so I'm definitely not drinking beer.
1: <laughs> Nick's, Nick's drinking beer, for the record. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How are you doing today? So, uh, I, oh, wait, I already said that. So, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Tell us what just happened this past weekend, or was it the last week? I don't remember.
2: It was Friday. Um, it was, released, okay so
0: it was two days ago i nailed it
2: yeah um i released a collections album which is all hand-picked best in my opinion what's what's the best i've done on under anti-mazza beast in the past four years
1: nice very cool it's
2: it's actually getting quite a amount of traction really it's doing really well i think
0: well I see that there's uh 11 tracks here. Well when we get to our break, we're going to uh play the track Masquerade of Death. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that one? Why that one is uh so important to you?
2: Sure. Um this is when I uh I released Masquerade of Death under The Ritual, which was in uh 2022 or 2021, I don't know because I've been releasing so much music. But I think I think Masquerade of Death was when I truly found my sound under anti monster beast beforehand i was you know i was experimenting i was creating music i was writing music But on um, the ritual is where i truly found what i what i wanted to go for
0: very cool that is something that i think everybody listening here whether it's music whether it's podcasting whether it's writing when you finally find your voice that first thing you do is always it, it for me the first thing i do whenever i find my voice in anything i'm doing is something i find to be very very special so i we will definitely check out that track and hopefully everybody enjoys that where can uh where can our audience pick up uh vision which is the album released yesterday or two days ago yeah
2: friday yeah um well i have a link tree i don't know if you can put it anywhere under the podcast when we're done but like definitely um, I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, um, a bunch of streaming services that, you know, I don't really pay attention to as much as I should.
1: <laughs> I know the feeling there and people say, are you on Deezer? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. Are you on Wibbly Wobbly? Yeah, probably. Are you on Cheesecake.com music streaming? Service? Yeah, but I think so. I don't know. Just
0: well, It's a lot search, like search my it- name. It's a lot like the uh, the podcast, whenever I go to the back page of the podcast and I'm uploading stuff and it says, you're on these streaming services. And I'm like, what in the hell is Pocket Cast?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know, man.
0: Somebody swear- listens there, I
1: think. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> hi, hi, person listening on Pocket Cast that swears by Pocket Cast and is like, why don't you know about Pocket Cast? It's great because it beams the sound straight into your pocket. If you are
0: listening to this via pocket cast do me a favor get in touch with me via the facebook page whatever tell me why the hell you're doing that and what phone are you listening to that on is that like a windows phone thing i mean i want to know
1: well there we go there we go told mystery yeah so just before we move on to what we're talking about today gabriel what's what's next for you because obviously you this um you know you've done this collections record um do you have another uh sort of a new originals um album coming out anytime soon or are you moving on to a different project or what's what's going on for you next
2: definitely not moving on to a different project uh to make a long story short short i had surgery a few months ago and uh that's when I decided to release a, co- a collections album, because, you know me, I release a lot of albums, a lot of EPs mm. and singles. And, um, you know, I couldn't I couldn't record with the pain that I was I was feeling from the surgery. So I released the collections and I'm going to start working soon once I'm all healed.
1: Nice. So people can follow you on all those outlets, including um, Pocket Stream or whichever one <laughs> that is. And is. Um, yeah. I'm a big no, fan of Deezer. Yeah, I mean, people do like the people I know use Deezer. I, I don't know, man, um, but yeah, people can follow. We'll put the links um, underneath uh, in the the description for the episode so people can check out um, Anti-Mozde Beast um, in all its uh, crazy, chaotic and intense glory. Thank you.
0: Now, I guess the question becomes, what are we talking about today?
1: Well, we are talking about um, one of these sort of side projects, I guess you would say. So this is um, a band called Murder Inc. um, And the album is also self-titled Murder Inc. It's their only full length. They did an EP before this. This was from 1992. And, yeah, essentially this is... Killing joke, but not quite killing joke. So I uh, may- maybe um Gabriel can enlighten us a bit more on what this one's all about.
2: Yeah, um, Murder Inc. Let's see. Hold on. It's well, on but... my... uh, go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry, man. So I was just I was just gonna say, basically, um as, as I understand it, so Killing Joke is um uh, all based around Jazz Coleman. It's his thing i i think he's if not the only consistent member then um he, he's certainly uh the 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 songwriter um it's very much his baby um so uh Yeah. So that's the situation. And basically they'd had a few lineup changes um, in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, At some point they got Martin Atkins on drums, who was previously in Public Image Limited, um, also played in Pig Face, who are more more of an industrial uh, band. Um, But then what happened was Jazz Coleman kind of somehow seemed to leave his own band. And I'm not quite sure how that exactly word i don't know if either of you kind of know how that happened or any of the background of that
0: i'm leaning on you guys this week the only one of okay. these people that i've ever heard before today of the supergroup bands was public image limited and i wasn't exactly a fan there yeah so consider so- me a self-appointed moderator this week
1: do you well, know how I- that happened then gabriel with them um, jazz coleman leaving the band in sort of 1991 or two
2: I didn't I didn't find anything about that. All it, all I know is that uh, it's a quote unquote supergroup. I say quote unquote because I guess I have some opinions about it. It's kind you of know? like a supergroup yeah. in how
0: metal acts are all supergroups now when you get these new metal bands it's always dudes from seven other bands.
1: Yeah. So well look, basically what, what it was as I understand it is that the the lineup um of Healing Joke had essentially as far as I'm aware become this. So you've got Geordie Walker um on guitar, uh, Paul Raven on bass, then you've got oh. Martin Atkins on drums, then you've got John Bechtel doing something synths, maybe, I think someone might need to correct me on this and then you had jazz coleman then jazz coleman just leaves the band but then essentially because it's his band he can't like they can't use the name i don't know whether there was a legal thing or whether they just wouldn't have dared or wanted to do it or or what or but essentially you can't have killing joke without jazz coleman so but but they still wanted to carry on so they got um, a second drummer in Paul Ferguson who I think had also previously been in Killing Joke and also um, a punk band called Pink Parts but there you go who I don't know much about and then they got Chris Connolly on vocals instead of Jazz Coleman Chris Connolly now being kind of an alternative singer-songwriter who I think does a lot of acoustic singer-songwriter stuff but had previously been in in or involved with lots of industrial bands. Like there's a whole list here. Like it's practically an alphabet list, you know, one for every letter of the bands he's been involved with. Um, KMFDM, Pig Face, um, Acid Horse, Revolting Cox with um, the guys from, uh, what do you call them, Ministry, um, loads of bands. So he was, I guess, a friend, a friend of the bands, a Scottish guy. They got him in and then it was like Killing Joke but not Killing Joke. Can't have Killing Joke without Jazz Coleman. So we've got to call it a new name. So they called it Murder Inc. And then this band was born. Uh, For the
0: record, uh, this was the second time Jazz Coleman had quit Killing Joke. He once quit in 1982, then moved to Iceland and then announced that he was going to become a classical composer.
1: Ten yes, I believe of, I believe he has done a lot of classical composition.
0: Yes, yes 10 years of, of study with a little bit of killing joke on the on the other side. He actually did uh he, he did some classical work. He conducts he worked with uh conductor Klaus Tenstit. And in nineteen eighty he he released Songs from the Victoria's City, which is formally classified as world music, but it's primarily classical music. So good for him. There you go.
1: Yeah. yeah, he's a really interesting guy. Um, I know someone who's met him. He's, uh, I mean, I don't know, but I, I get the impression that he's an unusual guy and probably quite difficult to work with and uh, perhaps a bit contrarian, maybe a bit cantankerous. I don't know him personally. Um, and he does some amazing music. But um, Somebody yeah, who exa- would
0: quit an industrial band to move to Iceland to become a classical composer? Yes, probably difficult to work with, probably a little eccentric.
1: Yeah, well, I've I've seen Ministry, it's not Ministry, sorry, uh, whoops, Freudian slip. I've seen Killing Joke twice, but I should have seen him three times. And the first time was about 10 years ago. And it was on a triple bill, Killing Joke, The Cult, and um, The Mission. So that was a pretty cool bill. But what happened was um, Jazz Coleman decided that he wasn't going to be on a bill because they were i think they were going on first killing joke and he said or in the middle even and he said look we're not going on supporting these uh, i can't remember the phrase he used but he called he basically insulted the other bands and said i'm not doing it and then just disappeared and he went on holiday i can't remember where that was it may have been iceland again who knows <laughs> but he just disappeared and like then the rest of the band were approached for a comment and they were like uh, don't know look he's just he's gone and he said this thing we don't know anything about it so apparently we're not doing the show sorry That's um a, so i did not see ministry on that date
0: killing joke
1: killing joke i didn't see ministry either it's um, like yeah, Led Zeppelin some, and leonard skinner there is some crossover between k- mi- killing joke and min- i nearly said mi- milling joke Where all <laughs> wrong? Um, ministry whatever ministry jo- uh, joke military uh, joke there you go. We've got a new side project now. So that would, if they're, if any of the members are listening to this, form that, and then we'll do that on this show, um, release it next year, and then you've got, we've got something else for our list. Um, right. Thank you. And cool.
0: I, I should say, it seems like a recurring theme. I'm on this show. Things we deal with. I'm not opening up for such and such. Yeah. Not the first time oh, we've heard man. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. So there's not a whole lot else to say about this apart from they 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 went ahead and did the album after the ep and then that was it they then did a um uh, a, a collection actually we've been talking about collections a collection of of those both together and then that was that was it and then they later on formed the damage manual there we go the damage manual um which was like 2000 to 2004 uh, which was most of the same members, but Jar Wobble, also from uh, Public Image Limited. On I'm sorry, Ace. Jar Wobble? Jar Wobble from Public Image Limited. Oh, he's brilliant. I've seen him live a few times. Um, he does a lot of what you might call world music. I hate that phrase, but anyway, he does a lot of that sort of stuff mixed with dub reggae type stuff, a lot of folky things. Um, he's great, but he was also in Public Image Limited, and... Um, and yeah, Chris Conley on vocals, Geordie Walker on guitar. So they, they I, I think, yeah, they kind of reformed Murder, Inc., but with some different members and called it a new name. Mm. So there you well, go.
0: The third, Their third release was Locate, Subvert, Terminate, The Complete Murder, Inc., which was an exactly. album and an EP. So there's not a whole lot there. Uh, did we talk about John Bechtel at all?
1: No, I don't. Actually, no, we didn't. Go on. What? What can you tell us about John? Bechdel? Oh crap!
0: I was hoping you knew something. There uh, is there's, okay. no, w- well, look, there's I, no wiki entry on this guy. Uh,
1: I think he must have done the synths. Uh, yeah. yeah look, here T-boards. we go, John. Yeah, and he's also been in Ministry as well. This is really confusing. Literally, he's John Beckdell of Ministry, and he's been in. See, there's loads of crossover between Killing Joke and Ministry members, so you, it's understandable that. Right. I, I mean, this is basically
0: confused. if you took a scene, an industrial kind of scene from 1990 and just yeah. threw them all in a blender, you would get this.
1: Yeah. Paul Raven has also, the bass player, been in Ministry and Killing Joe. So you can see why I'm saying Ministry. Um, yeah. It's nearly as much Ministry as it was Killing Joe, this album, actually, to be Well, honest. we
0: can definitely say for sure is it is the least amount Public Image Limited.
1: Yes, that's correct. That's absolutely correct. Oh, and apparently, by the way, um, Geordie Walker, Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin, hailed walker's guitar sound as oh the really not strong. so famous jimmy page the not so famous one yeah from this that band um yeah De- def zeppelins or whatever the cult <laughs> yeah um so yeah um the, oh, oh by the way do we do you know who produced this album or well oh, I say we,
0: produced... oh my god we didn't talk about that this album is produced by legendary alt producer steve albini
1: except not produce because Steve Albini never lets himself be called producer because he's very strict on this. He's like, he says, no, I'm not the producer. I'm the recording engineer. I do not get involved with like, he's like, I don't want to change your sound. I just want to record it how it is. So I don't, I'm not the producer. You credit me as engineer. So there so you go. He, but yes. So he
0: is the Eddie Kramer of the alt rock scene.
1: I guess so. He's like the unproducer. He's like, what do you sound like? I'll make you sound like that. Instead of, Hey, what you need is um, a piccolo on your, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, or whatever. So it's actually produced by the band, but he's the engineer, but I'll we know tell you,
0: that a nice piccolo could have helped, could have sweetened up some of these tracks.
1: Well, a nice piccolo can sweeten up all sorts of situations. Well, That's so, also uh... true absolutely all right well what i can also say is that this didn't this had a bit of a mixed reception it was described as a not terribly comfortable mix of industrial music and hard rock that will either be too soft or not tough enough for listeners taste um trouser press stated that the band i'm sorry bands vicious drones on could you
0: repeat the name of this outlet
1: please that was billboard
0: No, no, no. The one you, the the next one you said,
1: trouser press. You don't have trousers. You don't have trousers. You have pants. We have trousers. I know what trousers
0: are, but I did. I've never heard of this. This particular outlet
1: are they respected? i mean neither have i but they've got their own wikipedia it's a rock and roll magazine started in new york in 74 so they 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 know about trousers so i'm i'm patronizingly assuming that americans don't know what trousers are so uh, <laughs> there we go um yeah so trouser press they said the band's vicious drones are at least comparable to killing joke particularly walker's pernicious guitar if nowhere near as memorable. So they're saying it's like killing... Oh, yeah, and someone else said it's like killing joke on a bad day. So, eh. okay. And All Music gave it a two and a half out of five. So... Okay. Mm. Now, one of the things about this, loads of people said that they loved it on Facebook. Anyway, I'll I'll stop talking. Go on. Sorry.
0: Well, I wanted to pop in there because, you know, it's it's not great responses, all that kind of stuff. And that's why we started this podcast, why we started doing the show on Instagram way back when, back in 2020, coming up on three years of uh, listening to these terrible things. Because we want to find the things that aren't terrible because I listen to a lot of those things. So we will we've listened we're discussing and we'll find out what everybody thinks of this record. Does it, uh, does it sound like killing joke on a bad day? I don't know. I've never heard killing joke. So.
1: I just want to say as well, quickly, Go ahead. the EP was um no, actually, no, the actual album was reworked and reissued a year later in 1993. And I've got a funny feeling that might be the version that we're listening to because it's got an, the version that I found on YouTube has an extra track not mentioned in the Wikipedia. And this reworked version has contributions from JG Thirlwell, who is brilliant and has done everything ever. He does a band called Fetus, but he's just he's been involved in so, he'd been involved in Nick Cave and the Bad Seas, worked with Mark Almond. Um, he actually um did the arrangements on the recent uh T, what's he called, Mark Bolan T-Rex uh, tribute record with lots of covers of T-Rex tracks. It's J.G. Thurwell, who's done a lot of the arrangements of the, uh, like, strings and stuff. So he's, he's done so much. He's done things for Faith More, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Swans, John Spencer, Blues Explosion, production and being involved in those bands. So he did some stuff on this, and I believe that may be the version that we're listening to because um, there's lots of ambient kind of noisy bits in between. I've got a funny feeling they might be the JG Thirlwell bits, but who knows? We we don't really know.
0: Yeah, anyway. whenever we do these, you know, for... If we've got to do them based on... R- routinely, we do them based on YouTube streams. And we don't... I don't ever read about the albums until after I've listened to them, which oh, I no. think gives me a better a better methodology of being objective when i'm listening to it like if there. so when the problem with that is i don't know when there's a special guest <laughs> but it's it, i think that is the best way for me to do it but because of that like we had one a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about oh did we listen to the we didn't know which version we listened to when we found out there were two so i guess we got that same uh, situation yet again
1: indeed indeed all right well that's about <laughs> all i've got in terms of the background.
0: Well, I have nothing else. We you got anything, Gabriel, that we need to discuss on this record?
2: Well, I can go track by track. Um, oh, I that's that's just... we're not there yet. Oh, okay. That's yeah, after knows, the break. Duncan knows what he's talking about.
0: Well, yes, yeah. that he does. In that case, we will now take a quick break. We will come back after you guys check out uh Masquerade of Death by Antomazda Beast, and then we will Jump into the track by track. See you soon. back hopefully everybody enjoyed the track by anti beast i know i do but here we are now going to get into the in-depth portion of the program where we discuss the super stuff if you're riding it's grass gas or ass so hopefully you got super grass
1: nice so gabriel what did you make of this track track one
2: okay so when i first heard it um I thought the, the lead singer, uh, sounded a bit like, um, wait, like, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, except not so aggressive or, or adrenaline driven, you know, it was a good track. It's just that I believe like when, when I hear industrial music, I I want the adrenaline, you know, Yeah. I want, I want that rush when I hear most with most of my music, you know, um, but supergrass, supergrass, the opening kind of leads you to believe that the album will be promising, you know. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, go on. Oh, uh, uh, and um, after like I, 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 I this is my on. This I'm just being honest. I had I had to sit. Th- I I needed two sittings to listen to this full album. I needed two yeah. sittings. Yeah. Fair. You know?
1: Fair. Yeah, I could, I could totally see what you mean, um, and we'll get, yeah, we'll get onto that more as we get through the tracks. Yeah, I mean, look, it starts with a kind of, um, I would call it a bouncy, steady jazz funk industrial shuffle groove, some lovely percussion. There's two drummers here, and they're locking in great jazz chords on the guitar with a bit of distortion, and I'm thinking, this isn't really heavy dark grinding industrial this is more like kind of grunge yeah queens of the stone age is a good comparison um it sounded a bit like stone temple pilots to me uh, but just with a little bit more heavy percussion and then the vocals yeah i'm sorry i wasn't convinced by them at all um it just felt like he was singing in the wrong band or in the wrong style like the, yeah. the band it feels like they kind of want to be heavy but they're not quite there and then with the vocals it, it they they sound like they're from uh, just of a, a, a more poppy grunge type of thing they don't they, they don't seem aggressive at all so and also there weren't a lot of dynamics in this song it kind of stayed the same so yeah look there's some good riffs i do really like the guitar playing um, but eh, it doesn't feel like it knows what it wants to be and the vocals feel out of place and he, he feels kind of, he sounds unconfident the singer, Chris Connolly it feels yeah. like he doesn't really know what he's doing and isn't happy with, isn't comfortable in his own skin in this role to me
2: and th- that's just the thing Um, when you were talking about a review I forgot, was it Trousers.com? Or something? Trouser
1: Press, yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> that was talking about how it was bland you know, kind of boring in a way um yeah, I think that the guitar I think if I mean, should I say that like if they had a different vocalist, it might have been a better album. I could understand why people would be into this album, you know. So my, people... my
0: kid actually did say today when I was listening to this, because I listened to it twice when because I don't take notes anymore, I make sure I run each each album twice. And she said he doesn't sound confident in what he's saying. There you go Absolutely true Out of the the mouth of an 11 year old Who has no idea what industrial is supposed to be She knew it was wrong So that is the beginning Of this one And you know I'm not going to make a pun for the next one Because I don't need to The next track is Murder Inc Which is a song by Murder Inc On the album titled Murder Inc So we got the trifecta What do you think Duncan
1: Oh, uh, well, Gabriel can go first on this one.
2: Sure. Mur- Murder, Inc. I was really expecting, like, maybe it was just a fluke, not a fluke. Uh, maybe it was just like bad luck that um, the album started that way. And I was really hoping for Murder, Inc. to be like a banger, you know, something that, mm-hmm. that something that could open up to the promise of what this album was supposed to be. You know, Yeah. Um, I think like there's there's many elements of grunge in the guitar playing. Yeah. Um. um, It sounds a bit like. uh, Oh, I guess I'll talk about it more later because I have something to say about uh. Red black, you know. Yeah. But I'll talk about it a little bit more later. But it seems like it seems as though this band was, writing their songs while they were recording it. You know.
1: I know exactly what you mean. In
0: 1992, they probably were.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me, this next one, Murder Inc. um, Yeah, it starts with a glitchy intro and some police radio sounding samples, uh, repeated samples. And it's a bit heavier. It's like a groove metal industrial rock sound. I think the riff's pretty good, but it's very monotonous. I know industrial music is supposed to be repetitive and kind of hypnotic, but it just feels again like there's no dynamics. They're just doing the same thing. And because you've got two drummers, I guess they can't flow with their fills and stuff and just do a fill whenever they want. They've got to plan it all. So it feels like they said, "Eh, you know what, just play the same one beat for the whole song, it's fine. Mm. Um, Yeah, and the, the vocals are almost wrapped. He's got his very obvious Scottish accent and it doesn't sit easy with me. It's a bit unconvincing and it's this strange combination where around the late 80s, early 90s, you have these styles like Grebo. I don't know if you guys know that. I think it was quite a British thing. And you had bands, again, a British thing like the Levelers, who were sort of a a slight kind of punkish, folkish, alternative hippie thing. It's like this whole alternative hippie movement. And it just feels like the vocals from that early 90s alternative hippie movement, but then the band's trying to be industrial metal and it's just going in two different directions and doesn't, for me, it doesn't work.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I hear that. I, I think that's a pretty good explanation. For me, well, one, I'm going to say we should, as a people, uh, as humanity, finally sit down at the table and all agree that we will never use police sirens on songs ever again. Because every time I hear that while I'm driving, I'm like looking over both shoulders and I almost get into a wreck. Knock it yeah. off, people. We don't need it. <laughs> uh, as for the song itself, it just felt like uh, sadly a continuation of the first track. There is, you know, there there's no real amount of progressiveness to the music. There is a very strong repetitiveness to the music, which I know is typical of industrial can be typical of industrial definitely ministry which of which we've got many members here which is just not it's not my jam i like you know if you're gonna have a you know i like my songs to be bipolar and rather in the depressive phase i'd rather have some mania
1: hey well done that is track three gabriel what did you make of this one
2: uh mania um so this is the only track where the singer sounds confident He's actually singing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that like this, uh, like literally I was like, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this album, man. Um, but when I heard Mania, it's like, okay, actually, you know what? Maybe third time's a charm. And yep. uh, this track was the most promising track in my opinion. Because, uh, you know, everything came I... Oh,
1: huh? sorry. You cut out for a second and I thought you'd stop talking. Sorry. Carry on, Gabriel.
2: it's okay um so mania was the most promising because uh the vocalist was actually into like when he was singing the chorus he was singing it wasn't just like drone talking like he, he did on the other um tracks you know um also i i don't think i don't think it's produced as well as it should be you know um yeah that's a very common refrain
0: on a lot of the music that we cover it's if you don't record it well if you don't produce it well it has a much better chance of just being forgotten
1: yeah yeah i think the thing with steve albini as i said earlier he is like the unproducer he just says what do you sound like i'll record you but it feels like For industrial music, you need some, it depends on the type of industrial music, but when you if you want to make it sound kind of effecty and a bit electronic and you're using lots of samples and things, then you you probably need someone to pull all that together. And I don't know. You need somebody
0: for industrial, especially harsh industrial, you need somebody pulling the levers to pull you away from the abyss of noise and closer to actual songs. And we haven't gotten that
1: yet. Mm. Well, I mean this one I did like better. It starts with a kind of new age synth, but a bit a bit of an unsettling new age synth sound. And I can, I can get with that. It's a bit cheesy, but I can get with it. Then we get these dark industrial drone grooves and then the drums are cool. And then it gets a bit heavier with a big repetitive riff and that's all right. And the vocals yeah they're better. They've got some different effects on them and he just seems more in his comfort zone, but I still don't think they're brilliant actually. Um and I quite like the vocal melodies, and they have the- there's two layers. They're in harmony, and actually, it sounds both tonally and in the arrangement of the harmonies a bit like Cream's "I Feel Free," and I kind of liked that. But also, it just felt restrained. Um, like it feels. I mean, almost to say, in a way, the opposite of what Nick said. That if it-, it felt like it wants to go into a section that is really harsh and noisy. Uh, But it just doesn't quite do that. It just feels like they're somehow holding back and it's all a bit on one level. Um, So, yeah, it doesn't quite live up to its title of mania. You know,
0: I I think that is a great description. We are listening to a band that doesn't quite know which hole in the wall to get into.
1: Well done. (laughs) And Hole in the Wall is track four. Gabriel, what did you make of this?
2: Okay, Hole in the Wall was a disappointment for me. Um, I can see like, like, honestly, I can see how people would enjoy this. I tried to understand like their point of view. I saw the comments on YouTube, people calling them geniuses, uh, most quote unquote overlooked album. Um, and that's uh, what
0: we're trying to find every week. The most overlooked and underrated album.
2: Haven't found it yet. No, because this isn't, this isn't overlooked. It's just not good. You know? Um, but, uh, you know, like I said before, I think, I think they really went into the studio and just wrote the songs as they recorded it. In all honesty, they were just jamming and, and wrote songs as they were recording. I, I have no, I have no other, um, you know, reason not to believe that because these are in, in the other projects, they're really good musicians. You know, they got good, it's, they're good musicians. It's just that I think they just like said, fuck it, let's go to the studio and record. That's it.
0: Oh, can I say that? Yeah. yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, we just try to keep it to a minimum.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so no, I totally get what you're saying there. Um, I mean, this one starts with a bit of a drill sound, a rhythmic drill sound in the intro, and you think, okay, this is a bit more harsh industrial, but then the drum grooves start, and then they just don't really go anywhere. Then there's some dubby bass comes in, and then after quite a while... Again, there's there's a some really nice guitar. The riff when it comes in, I'm going, Yes, thank you. This this is giving me something to get my teeth into, and it feels a bit more original and different. This one, but then again, the vocals just don't feel right. They want, they need to be harsher and more aggressive, and they just feel unconfident and far too light and relaxed. And you know what? The melodies aren't great. They're just a bit unmemorable, or well, very unmemorable. And then, for some strange reason, we're like on chorus number three or something, and then it just fades out in the middle of the chorus really quickly. Like it, it's as yeah. though they just messed the song up straight after that, and they went, "Oh, dude, just fade it out before we yeah. before it all collapsed," you know. I think
2: they're I think they're all used to their rock star lives and being so well known with other um, bands and groups and projects that there's like. You know, like, they didn't care. I don't think they even cared about this album. You know, it's just something uh, it out.
0: very entirely possible. You know, with this particular song, Duncan had pointed out there were some guitar riffs, which were really good riffs. And when the guitar sho- when the guitar stuff shows up, it's something that finally I, as somebody who does not like industrial, can really enjoy. However, for an industrial record, the kind of guitar work we're getting here really feels like an uninvited guest.
2: Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and that is track five, Uninvited Guest. And I, for some reason, missed the pun there. But I I, I got it just to, just to grab victory from the jaws of defeat there. So what did you think of this one, Gabriel?
2: Okay, Uninvited Guest.
1: Um, I have to right You've gone a bit quiet, Gabriel. I don't know if you're away from oh, sorry, the microphone.
2: I, I was away from the microphone. And I said I got I to gotta, I gotta remember which Uninvited Guest was on. Um,
0: Duncan, why, why don't, don't you go
1: first on I, this one? I, I can yeah. start. Yeah, so this one yeah, started with a nice a nice unsettling riff with the, the two drummers playing. In, often they've been layering up different um, types of beats that lock in with each other. This time they're just basically doing the same thing on two drum kits. And there's this... Odd kind of unsettling mellotron sound. I quite kind of like it. I would say it's almost like psych, psychedelic. See, I got it in there, Nick. I always get there. The it is Psychedelia. The psychedelic occult rock ish. But yeah. you know what? After about a minute, I'm going, ah, oh, it's a bit boring. It just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Actually, I liked the vocals on this one because he's doing this kind of almost quasi-theatrical, slightly operatic, oh, kind of dramatic vibrato. And actually, I thought, you know what? It's odd and unusual, but I feel like he's in his comfort zone. I don't know much of his stuff at all. Maybe he normally does stuff like this. I don't know. I thought this, his vocals sort of worked. But again, the dynamics just don't change. And I was getting really bored. And this, and yeah. I couldn't help thinking that this song was an uninvited guest in my life, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah it was very bland and long and boring,
1: yeah and you know, quite honestly, there's a lot
0: of this album that is long and bland and boring, and yeah. it never really feels like they're doing what they know. It never sounds like they're making these songs that they know will work. So on every mm-hmm. single song, they're making a they're taking a gambit
1: hey gambit is the gambit. track six title um what did you think gabriel
2: okay this this track is where i had to stop you know um because right. I, I i sat through it a few times but this track was where i had to stop because i not like it's a waste of time but i couldn't i couldn't push through the whole album in one sitting and gambit was the reason for it <laughs> it was just very unpromising and you know
1: yeah I mean, yeah, it, it tense, repetitive riffs and grooves, but it's that, it's the same. It's just a the running theme. Sounds the same as all the others. The vocals feel very, very... It's like he's just woken up. He's still tired and there's a nice sunrise and he's going, ah, oh, yeah, pretty calm, having a cup of tea. But then they're trying to do this tense, tense, unsettling, heavy. And he's like, yeah, la, yeah, la, la, la. And it doesn't really <laughs> seem to work. Some great percussion grooves and some of the riffs are brilliant, but they're just kind of wasted here. It just again doesn't change. And then actually, it suddenly after about four minutes or whatever it goes goes into this different section where the drums get a bit louder it's a bit of a fill and you go oh wow it's just lifted a bit that's something different and then it ends like that's five (laughs) seconds before the end okay so it's closing gambit was to try something interesting there you know they
0: should have tried the queen's gambit but we'll leave that alone uh you know this is this this album album this song is exactly what's wrong with the entire album for me so far it nothing sticks out everything is repetitive. Everything has the same sound they it was just a set it and forget it kind of tonal experience. They don't do anything to make these songs stand apart from each other. It's unfortunate. And you know, as Duncan was pointing out the you know the vocalist is, is you know is, he's very calm, he's very polite. you know, instead of this kind of music being from you know the the factory towns of Birmingham, England, it's more like, is, this is coming out of Ottawa, Canada. He's so polite, and Ottawa, Canada, is the home of the Canadian football team, the Red Blacks.
1: Hey, well yeah. done, nice. That's a good pun there. So Red Black is. Track it took seven. a minute to
0: get there. I had to I had to walk around the track a little
1: bit. <laughs> he did well, Gabriel. What do you make of Red Black Track Seven? Okay,
2: Red Black was my favorite. Um, the guitar you you heard some sort of like Motorhead influence. Yeah, guitar, Ace of Spades. Right? Yeah, you heard totally. that. Um. Um, besides that, like, I think like the next tracks, the guitarist, uh, really shines, you know, the spotlights on the guitarist on the next few tracks. Um, uh, I don't know, like exactly what notes are played in Ace of Spades and what notes are played here, but he did it well, I think. I think I think the musicianship of the musicians is much more skilled than the vocalist, you know?
1: Yes, certainly the way he's coming across here. I mean, he seems to be so well respected and has been involved in so many projects that I feel like I'm missing something. But yeah, I feel here he just feels out of his comfort zone and it just or it's just in the wrong band. It just is strange. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, they're all great. Yeah, the musicianship is great here, but it just doesn't feel like it's being used um, to bring the best out, really. Um, yeah, you've got some fast semiquaver toms and some interesting syncopated grooves. To be honest, I preferred the vocals on this one. I did like this more because he's shouting a bit. Not He's not necessarily giving it the full on industrial aggression, but he is shouting a bit. And I liked that more. Some nice harmonies in the chorus and the riffs, like you said. Yeah, some great riffs. And actually, there were a few bits of dynamics Um there's a bit of a synthesizer breakdown. I would have liked more of those types of breakdowns. But, yeah, I agree. This was the best track yet. But to be honest, still not that great melodically. Uh, but, yeah, I totally noticed the Ace of Spades um, tribute as well, whether it's intentional or not. But, yeah, similar notes and same rhythm, but different, very different rhythmic feel of the drums behind it. But the actual guitar riff, yeah, very similar. So, yeah, yeah if it was all like this, I reckon it would be... Not the best album in the world, but pretty cool.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, you know, there's an old American idiom, perhaps it's a Midwestern idiom, that the smartest moron is still a moron. And is this <laughs> better? Yes. Is it good? No. And unfortunately, they're, they're lacking any sort of urgency to get this moving. So we'll head on into the last of the urgence, and they'll prove me wrong, right?
2: Maybe. All right,
1: track eight. Go on, Gabriel.
2: All right. I heard some Kurt Cobain influence in the guitar. Um, it didn't pop, you know, as as it should. I think if they um focused more on the musicianship on of the guitarists and the drummers, and uh like even if they made an instrumental track, it would it would be enough to to call this album good. You know? Um yeah. I, I did hear some Nirvana in, in the guitar work and You know, I actually dug the guitar. I I, like by this time in the album, I stopped listening to the vocals and just listened to the instruments. You know, because like the vocals is just, it's just, it just dampens everything. You know.
1: Yeah, I get it. I mean, I have to say, I actually quite liked this track. Um, it's got it's got some five four time bits and some four four. So there's a bit of variation, and there was a bit of dynamic change going on. I really, again, yeah, <laughs> love the guitar work, love the riffs. And some of the noisy, horrible textures were a bit more aggressive in the way that seemed befitting of this what this music's supposed to be. And yeah, melodically, it's not that interesting. I don't think it's amazing. But actually, he's kind of doing shouting on this. He's not really doing melodic vocals at all. And actually, it's, it's I don't think it's the best... Um, vocal sound I've ever heard by a million miles, but, but it suits the style. So I felt that this one actually felt urgent. It felt tense. It felt kind of visceral in a way that most of the others haven't. So, you know, we've got a kind of double for me, a double whammy of pretty good tracks next to each other here.
0: I envy you two that you could find so much to like in these last couple songs as I've, as has happened to me, many times on these 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 albums if you pound me into submission with blandness i will submit and yeah. by the time we got to the last of the urgence they had uh, i i they they had me in the sleeper hold and i submitted i i put my hand up and i tapped out you know maybe they can shoot me with a beam here and mrs whiskey name will get me there
1: well, hang on. I had track nine motion sickness and yes, I, motion sickness. I, I know Ooh. that on the Wikipedia, it said Mrs. Wiki, Mrs. Whiskey. Number, oh,
0: I just wasted uh, the pun. Oh, my god! I know god, you did. I thought you,
1: I thought you were just going to say it gives me motion sickness when I'm getting. Oh, so, yeah, I, I was I could feel that coming, in and then somehow <laughs> somehow it just went. You get it because beam is a whiskey. And it's yeah, okay. Name? Oh. I'm, with you. I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you know, all this monotony just makes me feel like my head's spinning and I'm getting motion sickness. All so right, it's... we'll
0: go with that. I don't I don't think I heard that song, but OK,
1: OK, well, yeah. go on, Gabriel.
2: OK, uh, so I was happy that this was the second to last track because it was almost complete. <laughs> 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 it was almost complete. Um. I don't think, uh, you know, this is like, this is as though they're trying to make industrial metal poppy, you know. Yes. I think maybe that it. was their maybe mm-hmm. that was their goal, like to make industrial music poppy. They maybe it was a cash out, bro. Maybe this whole yeah. album was just to make money. Who knows? I don't
1: know. Do you know? I don't know. I don't think it made much money. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know,
2: but, just, but just, yeah, because of maybe. Name, just because of the names behind it, you know,
1: that's yeah. enough. Maybe it was supposed
0: to have made money, you know, and they were trying
2: to make it more palatable.
0: Anything. I mean, anything could be. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, I actually like the bridge section of this It's similar to what they've been doing the whole way through. But the bridge section I actually thought was quite inspired. It felt almost like when Led Zeppelin go their most progressive on something like some of those long drawn out tracks on Presence or whatever. Achilles Last Stand or whatever felt a bit like that. Um, And I like, again, the guitar work is kind of what's carrying this. um, Some great jazz chords. And actually, I thought the vocals were okay here. I don't love them, but I thought they they had some bite, but they also had that dramatic vibrato as well, which actually made it work. And some melodies that were actually quite good. So look, I don't love, love, love it, but it's the third track in a row that I've thought, actually, yeah, yeah, I can go with this. Yeah. Um, So there we are.
0: When you get to the back half of a record, and that's when you can say, Oh, you know, there are three songs in a row that finally I didn't hate so much.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> that's not even damning with faint praise. That is, that's still saying, eh. and, and I mean, that's unfortunate. As Gabriel put it, you know, this might have been a cash record where they were just trying to, you know, get a lot of names in the genre together. So, where is you know industrial it's like metal it's not a huge very it's not a hugely popular genre but if you get enough people with enough respected names into one group you're likely to have a much bigger seller and then gabriel pointed out again they're trying to make industrial poppy and maybe they're trying to go take a new wave approach to industrial like new wave was to punk where you could get the clash on top 40 radio maybe you could get ministry killing joke revolting cocks on top 40 radio if you go just the right way it's an experiment yeah. they tried it yeah but yeah moving well on, moving on to mrs whiskey name <laughs> yeah
1: speaking of experiments um yeah, go on, yeah Gabriel. what did you think of this um i don't know can we call it a song
2: i guess we um, can call it a track that's for sure yeah, yeah. track it reminded me of uh, no effects okay um, uh, no effects does uh does some j- a humorous uh music like that on the end of their albums you know right sometimes. i don't
1: know them very well i've heard, heard one or two albums but i don't know them well so okay yeah
2: um you know it's just it was a joke maybe that that's it was a it was a joke track because not because it's bad but because it was an actual joke, you know. Like they were just fooling around. They were just talking about whiskey and women and life and shit like that. So,
1: yeah i mean, I, th- I think it, basically this is just to explain what this is. You've got d- drums, like steady halftime shuffle drums. That's the only musical instrument element. Then you've got um Chris Connolly singing. It is like with a, a sort of extra thick Scottish accent, and it's what sounds like a traditional Scottish folk song. And I don't think it actually is, or if it is, it's certainly not under that name because I've Googled it and it only comes up with Murder Inc's uh, version of this track. But it sounds like a traditional Scottish sort of folk song about drinking and whatever else. Um, yeah. It's all just totally silly. And I just think, ah, what do you t-? Like, it doesn't work. Like, if it's a joke, I don't, I'm not laughing. And I kind of think it, it feels like they were trying to go for something menacing and a bit dark. And I don't know what all the lyrics are saying, to be absolutely honest, but it feels like it might be a bit political. But it's kind of like this just negates that in a way. It just feels, I don't know, it just feels totally out of touch, tonally with the rest of the album. And then it just doesn't really go anywhere and fades out. And you think, eh, what was the point in that?
0: Yeah. You know what? Maybe that's why this is my favorite song on the record. Okay. Okay. Uh- it's is it silly? Yeah, but that's what I liked about it. It's it's silly. It's fun. It's kind of like a take on Yoko Ono's Number Eight and nice, nice or Number Nine or whatever it was. And yeah, uh, it is a great capper to a terrible record. Um, If I could just go up into the sum up, this album is it's an experiment. It's an experiment that's gone wrong. It's like the episode of The Simpsons where Bart was experimenting with chemicals and he turned himself green and i appreciate what you're trying to do here i can really stand behind that and i will get behind a musician making the music they feel like is the right music and the right stuff for them to make at that time however that doesn't mean i have to like it and this is just one of those cases where i just don't like what they did
1: yeah so yeah for me uh I mean, I was a bit on the fence because, but I, I like Gabriel was saying, I can see, I can see so much potential here. I really like the guitar riffs, and as it went on, I think it got better. So it almost started to grow on me, um, and I almost thought, ah, it, like, I know it's imperfect, but is it? maybe maybe there's something in this. Maybe I want to listen to it more. But uh, I don't know. I think there's not enough in it. I think there's some great guitar riffs that could have been built into much better songs with either a different singer or or just done in a different style so that it could suit this guy's voice more or, or whatever, or, he, or get him to sing in a different style. I don't know. Um, great idea with the two drummers, but it just feels like they were – Playing at the same level all the time and the dynamics were a bit dead. So yeah, no, I I have to agree. It's a failed experiment and it's a bin it from me.
0: Yeah, if I yeah. wasn't clear, definitely, and I'm not spinning, I'm binning.
1: <laughs> yeah, bro, we just need your. Are you a, are you a bin it as well?
2: Are a spinner a binner? What's that?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's spin it or bin it. Whether you whether it yeah whether you like it whether you, whether you um, would listen to it again or and no. recommend it or not. Absolutely not.
2: <laughs> That's <sorry>. a bin it. <laughs> I don't mean
1: to be harsh.
0: Uh, bin it no. is, uh, it's, a, it's an English axiom where it's the rubbish bin.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. So in order to get
0: the it. rhyming scheme, I went with the English.
1: Ah, you see, I didn't know because I, 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 you call it the trash can, don't you? And I yep. didn't know whether when you said spin it or bin it, I assumed that you also have that phrase in uh, in the US. But... No, sir. Okay. Right, but I watch so... a lot
0: of English stuff, as we've discussed right. at length, ad nauseum. hmm Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm
1: cool all right well i think that's about all i've got from this so you know sorry yeah it didn't didn't work for us this one we might at some point do um the damage manual which is some of the same members um i believe they did a few albums but maybe only one proper yeah i think it's only one proper album in 2000 maybe we'll do that and see whether the ideas got better um a few years down the line so I will get it on the let's get it on the list we're gonna we're gonna have to get this on the list we won't do it soon but we'll we'll put it on the list yeah Um, I'll
0: definitely put that on the list I won't say that I'm doing it and then not do it um there we go but that is everything we have this week for thank you Duncan for being a always being a part of this being a good sport and I, I apologize for all of the pollution I have thrown at your ears over the years. However, you threw <laughs> this one at me. So now we're almost even Gabriel. Thank you very much for joining us, taking some time out of your weekend to be involved in this silly podcast and listen to this really, really horrifically bad record. But yeah. um, everybody welcome. check out anti Mazda beast. There will be all kinds of links in the in the description and the show notes below. If nothing else, you know what? Just ch- check it out on Spotify or whatever service you're, you're listening to this podcast. And with that, I will say thank you very much for listening. We will catch you next week. This has been the Department of Mental Antiquities, where we listen in case you didn't have to.
1: Thank okay. you. Goodbye.